Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to Man in the Mirror with your host, yours truly, Hezekiah Montgomery, and Michelle Johnson, our fantastic co-host. Tonight, we are truly blessed to have such an exciting young lady on our show. This is Angela Wharton, and we call her Baltimore's Phoenix. I, if, I, if, if any of you know her, I know you're just as excited as I am. And um, before we get started in the show, you know, Angela wanted to say hi to you. So go ahead, um, Angela. Hey, Michelle. Hey, girl. Hey, Angela. (laughs) I'm so excited to be on the show on tonight. Thank you both for this opportunity. I'm truly, truly grateful. Well, this is going to be fantastic, so I, I can't wait to be getting into it. All right. And I'm going to do I'm going to do something um, different tonight. I'm actually going to let Nichelle start us off tonight with prayer before we go on any further. Okay, Nichelle. All right. Lord God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for this day, Lord God. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord God. One more time, Lord God, to bring bring glory to your name, Lord God. 
Lord God, we thank you for each and every one that will be listening in this evening, Lord God. And, Lord God, we thank you for our guest this evening, Lord God. Lord God, we just thank you how you blessed her life, Lord God, made her test into a testimony, Lord God. And we are so excited, Lord God. Lord God, we just pray, Lord God, that her story touched somebody today, Lord God, because that's what this is all for, God. We pray that it touched somebody, it healed somebody, Lord God, and it let somebody know that they are not alone, Lord God. We thank you for all things, all blessings, Lord God. We pray your blessings on on everyone listening, Lord God, even on me and Hezekiah, Lord God, as we carry forth with the show, Lord God, and we thank you for all things, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And as always, um, if you have any questions or comments, please press the number one on your phone and you'll be put in our queue. For those who are signing on, you can log in at um, 917-88, call in at 917-889-2271 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash n dash the mirror. And just a little information about our fabulous guest tonight. Angela D. Warden is the visionary founder and CEO of Phoenix Ministries, Inc., a Christian-based nonprofit organization that provides a pathway of healing for women, sexual assault survivors through love, support, advocacy, empowerment, and education. A woman of enormous faith and two-time survivor of sexual assault. Angela is the devoted wife and mother of two young girls on an uncharted mission of healing, wholeness, empowerment, and love. Stepping out on faith to implement her God-given vision to establish Phoenix Ministries, Inc., based on the story of the Phoenix bird rising from the ashes, Angela has been reassuring and strengthening survivors of sexual violence since 2011. Phoenix Ministries provides a safe space for women sexual assault survivors to break their silence and receive the necessary tools to pick up the pieces of their lives as they journey towards healing and deliverance in Christ. Services include a sexual assault support group for women, a prayer call, crisis line, counseling, referral services, and a survivor empowerment program. And without further ado, we're going to get into this interview. And I must say, I had to do, I did a pre-show, Miss Angela, about um, the phoenix and the mythological bird from years ago. And it does rise from ashes. And um, it really, you know, it helped me just to understand where you were going with your ministry. But with that said, just give us some, you know, give us the um, feedback or give us information of, your life and how all this began, you know, from when you were a child up to now. Okay. Well, um, it all started when I was 14 years old. Um, At 14 years old, uh, the man that my mom was dating at the time um, was basically – um, grooming or attempting to groom me for what we now call sex trafficking. Um, back then it was, um, you know, child prostitution, you know, back in the day. <laughs> but um, it was one particular night when one of my girlfriends, I'll never forget this, one of my girlfriends uh, had just got finished 
dyeing my hair with Kool-Aid. Now, the show, I don't know if you remember that back in the day. We used to dye our hair with Jerry Kool-Aid. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my girlfriend yes. just got finished dyeing my hair. You know, I was looking in the mirror, checking out the color and everything, and, you know, and then the, the, the phone rang, and, you know, and then the doorbell rang. And then, you know, this this person entered my house. Now, my mom worked the 3 to 11 shift. And it was just me and my brother at home. You know, I took care of him while she worked. So when he came in, uh, he basically um, asked me to uh, to be a phone sex operator at 14 years old. You know, mm-hmm. he said, you know, you could make up to $500 a night. Now, you know, my mom was a single parent. She worked you know, all the time, and, you know, we didn't have the best of things, but, you know, she provided what she could, and oftentimes we didn't have, you know, a lot of food in the house, and sometimes our utilities were turned off and that sort of thing, so, you know, and this man knew that, so with him telling me that, you know, I can make up to $500 a night, I got to thinking about it, because I always wanted some Jordache jeans with the little, you know, the dark, dark blue ones with the, you know, the yellow horse on the back. But my mom couldn't afford mm. that. So I was thinking to myself, well, um, maybe I could if all I got to do is talk. And that way I can get this money. I can put some food in the house for my mom and get the, the um, telephone turned back on and give me some Jordaches, give me some Mia boots, you know, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And. Um, so, you know, I listened to him, and then I said, well, if all I have to do is talk, then okay. He said, okay, good, 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 good. So now all I need is a sample of you. I said, a sample of me? And he said, wow. yeah, just a sample. Yeah, a sample of you to wow. take back to my manager to be sure that you are a good fit for the job. And at 14 years old, I'm like, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, um, we'll just go down to your room. Now, at the time, I slept in the basement because we had a two-bedroom um, home. So he was like, we'll just go down to your room, and, you know, we'll sleep together. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. No, 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 I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. He said, well, it, it should just be really quick. We'll just sleep together, and then, you know, I'll be able to let my manager know. I was like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then just like that. My innocence was taken away from me. That 14-year-old, happy-go-lucky, rap star, beatboxer, you know, break dancer, graffiti mm-hmm. artist, you named it. You know, that girl, wow. that, that girl was gone. You know, that person was gone. And, you know, and I was left in the basement of my home to try and figure out what had just happened to me. You know? And... I never, ever told my mom until, uh, actually, 2012. But I'm kind of fast-forwarding a little bit, so let me just backtrack a little bit. I tried to tell my mom. One day she was in the kitchen. She was cooking. She was frying chicken or something. And I came up to her, and I said, well, Mom, whatever happened to Mrs. So-and-so? You know, that was like my gateway question to her. And she just kind of turned around and was like, Tad, what you say? I said, whatever happened to Mr. So-and-so? And she was like, child, no. And then she turned back around and finished frying the chicken. 
you guys, I wanted her so badly to say to me, why are you asking about him? So that I can tell her what happened. You know, I, I just, at 14 years old, I just didn't have the courage to say, Mom, this man did this to me. Mm-hmm. And that's something as parents we need to think about with our kids, too. Um, and then we fast forward uh, 10 years to the age of 24 where I was raped in the woods at gunpoint by a masked man. I was living in um, the Sedonia area, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners are familiar with with that area. I was living in an apartment out there, and this particular night, I just came home from, I had to get my hair done, I just came home from my my other girlfriend's house, I just did my hair, and it was a Friday night, and, you know, Back then, you know, I wasn't always saved, y'all. So back then, I spent a lot of time in the club. But this particular night, I was like, nope, not going to the club tonight. I'm just going to go home and write these papers. Because I was also attending Johns Hopkins University at that time as well. So I said, nope, I'm going to go home and write this paper, get it done, and, um, you know, just go on with my night. But as I got to my apartment, I parked. And I was walking up. Either you are familiar with the Sedonia area. You know those apartments. They have, like, a lot of trees and shrubs out mm-hmm. there. And um, it's kind of dark oh. out there as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm walking up the pathway to my apartment. And, you know, I'm playing over my head, you know, where I'm going to do the research, you know, you know, my notes and everything. And as I get to the door and I reach to pull the door open to walk inside, there's a man standing to the left of me, and he's pulling a mask over his head, and he's holding a gun, and he's like, you know what this is. Give me your purse. So turn around and walk that way. And let me tell y'all something. I just got saved September 18, 1996. This happened November 22, 1996. So the enemy was on me. He was Uh mad. That I had got saved, right? So immediately, the first thing I started doing was reciting the 23rd because I remember my pastor telling me, you don't have to know everything about the Bible, but what you do know, make sure you know it well. So mm-hmm. I taught myself the 23rd song because I wanted to know something really well as a, you know, as a, as a babe, as a baby Christian. So I started reciting the 23rd song because I said, Lord, I need you right now. There's nobody out here that can help me right now but you. So this person is, is marching me basically at gunpoint around to the back of the apartment building where there's a, a wooded area back there. And the whole time we're walking, he's like screaming all these obscenities to me and everything. And I'm just praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, and I'm walking and I'm praying. So then he gets to the spot where he feels that this is where he wants to violate me. He turns around and walks in front of me and stands in front of me and points the gun to my forehead, puts it straight to my forehead. And from time to time, I can still feel the cold circles from the gun on my forehead. And at that point, I began to plead for my life. I said, sir, God saved, please don't kill me, sir. It, this will kill my mom. Now, I'm about to lose my life, but I'm thinking about my mother, right? Mm-hmm. But wow. he says to me, shut up. 
but for the sake of this being a Christian program, we'll say he said shut up, but he said shut the up. Mm. So, you know, I said, okay, I'm not going to say a word because I wanted to live. So I was in that survival mode, and I did what I felt I needed to do to survive. So then he says to me, get down on your knees. And I'm thinking, oh, no, he's going to execute me on my knees with this gun to my head. Jesus, please, God, I need you to help me now. I need you, please. I can't die like this, God. Please help me. Still had no idea this man was going to violate me. I just thought he was going to blow my head off and leave me in the woods, y'all. There was nobody out there. It was a cold November night. So then... He tells me to take my clothes off. That's when I knew. And, you know, I'm still praying. I'm still praying to God. I'm doing everything that this man asked me to do because I wanted to live. So I'm still praying to God. I'm still praying, God, please help me. Please help me. And this person is, you know, violating my body in the worst way. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, I had my God moment. Because it was like God had taken my spirit out of my body and had taken it up with him because I literally had an aerial view of what was happening to my body. Like I could literally see it. So God knew that he had a mission, a purpose for me. So the way I see it is, is that he had to take my spirit out of my body so that my spirit wouldn't be harmed so that I could be able to do this work that he has called Mm -hmm. me to do. So after this person is, you know, you know, doing what he's doing and, you know, whatever he felt he needed to do, you know, when he was done, um, he stood up. I remember him standing up. And I remember him saying, you better not scream, you better not go to the police, and you better not tell nobody. Because I know where you live, and I know what kind of car you drive. I will find you, and I will kill you. And then he runs off. And I remember just laying there, you know, just in the grass, the dirt, the twigs. I just remember just laying there and then feeling like, God had just popped my spirit back in my body, and I remember kind of, like, kind of coming to, kind of jumping. And I said to myself, girl, you still here. Get up and run. Run now before he comes back and wonder why you not gone anywhere and finish you off. Go, go now. Run. Run, run, run. So I, you know, you know, put one leg back into, you know, I couldn't put all my clothes back on, so I just kind of put on what I could. Um. And then I ran back down the way that we came, and um, I saw some cars coming down the street, so I ran out the street to kind of flag the cars down and get some help, but they just went around me and kept going. Oh, my God. But I remember that when I gave him my purse, I quietly put my keys in my coat pocket, my keys to my car in my coat pocket. So then I jumped in the car, and I drove. Now, I drove from Moravia all the way down to Montfort and Gay. Now, Michelle, you might know where that is. Mm-hmm. From, from Sedonia wow. to Montfort and Gay. 
I don't remember seeing a stop sign, a red light, a car, or anything. I just remember mm. driving, trying to get to safety, and I knew I could get to my friend's house before I could get to my mom's house. So I got to my friend's house, and my friend took me to my mom's house, and uh, my mom took me to Johns Hopkins. But at that time, Johns Hopkins didn't do the safe, uh, the sexual assault forensic exam. Only Mercy did it. Mercy, yeah, I think Mercy was the only hospital who took that exam back then. So Hopkins called the police to escort me to Mercy. Now, what did he tell me? I better not scream. I better not go to the police. Mm-hmm. And I tell somebody, right? And I did everything he asked me not to do. So when the police came, I completely lost it. No, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. You know, that, I, like, the whole psychological, you know, issue was taking mm-hmm. over. And at that point, you know, they were able to, you know, after some time they were able to calm me down and, you know, take me down to Mercy and I got the uh, the safe exam. And then from there uh, started my recovery period. And the recovery period was brutal. Um, you know, there were, there were a lot of sleepless nights. There were a lot of night terrors. Um, there were a lot, there was a lot of crying a lot of paranoia because I thought that this person knew that my car was parked in front of my mom's house because I never went back into that apartment. My family got together and moved me out the next morning, and I I moved in with my mom. But I thought that this person had found my car in front of my mom's house and was uh, on top of the apartment across the street from my mom's house just waiting for her to open the door, open the window, so that he can sniper me. That's how bad I was suffering psychologically from the trauma. Um, So I say I would, like, sleep in the very middle of my mom's bed. Like, I I wouldn't move. I would get out, run to the bathroom, and get back in the bed because I was so afraid that this person would see me. But during my recovery phase, I spent a lot of time in the Word. Just why did this happen to me? And why did you allow me to remain alive? Because this person could have murdered me at any given moment. But you said, no, God, not this one right here. So what do you want me to do with this? Tell me. What do you want me to do with this, Lord? So one night in prayer, God gave me the entire vision for Phoenix Ministries. Mm-hmm. And that's how Phoenix Ministries was birthed, out of my pain, out of my trauma. Pain wow. trauma. Yeah. yeah. And you know God doesn't do anything small. Everything God mm-hmm. does is huge. So that night when I wrote down the entire vision of Phoenix Ministries that he gave me and I looked at it, I said, oh, no, I'm not doing this, God. You can have this back. I'm not a a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a preacher. A ministry? I'm not a preacher. I'm not a minister. I can't do this. I'm just little old me from Ickes Street. I grew up in East Baltimore. In Washington, I can't do this, Lord. 
So how are you going to tell the Lord no, right? Mm-hmm. I, I told him no, and I said, I'm not, I'm not doing this. So for 15 years, I ran from the call of my life to the Phoenix ministry. I ran. At least I thought I was running away from it, but come to find out, I was ready to pick 15-year-old circle. It came right back to it. Mm-hmm. So in 2011, I said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm ready. I never got rid of my notes. I always would take my notes wherever I moved, wherever I went. I would always take the notes because I knew deep down inside that I would eventually have to do it. But I felt back then that I wasn't fresh. And perhaps God felt the same thing because healing is a journey. You know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. So the way I view it is that, you know, it took me 15 years to get to this place of healing where I'm able to reach back and help, you know, where I'm able to uh, take someone by the hand and show them how I made it through. What did I do on the, the, the good days and the bad days? What did I do to make it through? Amen. Yeah. God uh, you so know you. Go ahead. God is just so amazing. Yes, he is. I was going to say, for for our listening audience, um, I, I've known Angela for quite a few years um, through her cousin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, you know, I I've just till till this day, and I've I've been to to events that you you know you've had. And things like that, but I, I honestly, when I was listening to you tell the story, it was it was amazing, but it was actually like very um, I don't even know the right word because I could the way that that you're able to tell that story, it almost puts the person listening like right there with you, and. That's a good thing because it it was like I was, you know, feeling or imagining like how you would have been feeling. Do I know? No, I don't know. But just from listening to you, you could hear the, you know, the emotion in your voice as far as what was going on. And it's almost like I could, I was there with you. And it was amazing to hear it that way. But it was like a little scary too, like oh my, oh my god. <laughs> and um, but not everybody can tell the story like that. So, so the thing that's good about that is that when when you're talking to someone who has been through that, then they can see that you've been where they've been. Mm-hmm. And they can hear it, and they can feel that, and what you're saying, and the genuineness of of the way that you're telling about what happened to you, and then for those, you know, like myself who didn't have that experience, it still allows them to almost feel what you may have been going through, or really be able to, you know, feel your story when you're when you're telling it. 
And so that part I think is amazing. I've I've known you for years, but I've never heard you tell the story like that. So that's that's that I believe is a blessing. Is that you're you're able to bless people. It definitely is a blessing, Michelle, and I'll share with you that it hasn't always been this easy, Um, not at all. Um, As you know, and Hezekiah very well may know, um, I wrote a book. It's called Life After the Silence, From Pain Mm -hmm. to Power to Purpose. And in that book, I share um, how the very first time that I tried to tell my neighbor, because there was a neighbor who lived below me in that apartment building Mm -hmm. that I happened to run into on the street one day. And he said that he didn't know what happened to me. He just knew that I didn't live there anymore. And I opened my mouth to tell him what happened, and I literally vomited. It was like turned on a faucet, like my nerves, my stomach, you know those um, nervous butterflies you get in your stomach? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. had the nervous butterfly, like I could feel my pressure rising, and I literally vomited right there on the sidewalk. It was uncontrollable. I couldn't even get the words out, and I was so embarrassed, I just ran off. But, you know, it took a lot of um, prayer. And it took a lot of therapy. Um, You know, oftentimes in our community, we don't like to go and see a counselor or therapist. But I can guarantee you that with the help of the Lord and a therapist, that really helped me to get to a place, to this place of healing where I'm, I'm able to speak this way about it as well. And when you look at it, you know, the Lord created therapists. He created counselors, you know. To me, they're like a tag team, and I know yeah. that they were, you know, the team for me to help me to get to that to that point. Um, you know, it just took a lot, a lot, a lot of those things to, to get me to the point where I'm able to speak up and speak out about it. And you're right, a lot of people tell it in the way that I'm telling it, but just tell the story, period. That's why mm-hmm. a lot of us are suffering in silence, because... Oftentimes, we want to suppress it. You know, we want to act like it didn't happen. You know, uh-huh. we want, because we, we don't want to be blamed. We don't want to be shamed. You know, we don't want to be judged. So yes. there are a number of reasons why we don't share, you know, what we've gone through, that we are survivors of sexual violence because of break culture. You know, people often blame the survivor. I don't like the word victim. That's why, you know, I haven't said Mm -hmm. it. Uh Uh, You know, people often blame the survivor. They'll say, well, girl, why'd you go over there? Over girl, why'd you wear that? You know, things like that. And what you wear and where you go gives nobody the right to violate you in Mm -hmm. any way. And people just need to understand that. Yeah, people need to understand that. And it takes a lot of um, education um, and, well, a lot more education because we are are definitely um, speaking up and and out about it more so than we've ever done before. 
Because you mm-hmm. know when we first, when we were growing up, it was a um, you know um, what happens in our house. Yeah, what happens in our house mm-hmm. stays in our house. You don't air you know the family's dirty laundry. You know. Mm-hmm. But now people are being more vocal about sexual violence and domestic violence, and I think it's great. But we need more people to speak yeah. up and speak out about it. You know, awareness brings prevention because if we're not talking about it, the people think it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And we all, you and I both know, and Hezekiah as well, you know, we all know that the statistics are startling. You know, we're down yeah. to something like mm-hmm. one in four girls and one in six boys mm-hmm. yeah. be sexually assaulted in their lifetime. And that's just what's being reported. What about those who are not sharing, who are not those numbers in, you know, the numbers will be the root of fruit. You know? Yeah. So I just I just thank and praise God, you know, for, for you guys for having a platform and, you know, like this and allowing, you know, people like myself to come on and share our testimonies, you know, in an effort to empower others who are listening who may have gone through the same thing and, you know, to help them understand that others have gone through it too, and look at where they are, you know, and allow us to, to empower others, you know, and just, you know, be Amen. that face of hope for them, you know, be that face of hope for them. Yeah. Amen. All right. You asked me earlier about questions, but before I ask my question, because you made me write a whole book over here, so I think I'm running out of ink <laughs> on my pen, because it's like, man, this pen is fighting. But um, we're going to take a break. And those who are listening, you can call in at 917-889-2271 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash and dash the mirror. And we're actually going to have a few sponsors that are going to, you know, get a couple of notes from our sponsors, and then we will be back because then I have my questions because I'm going to put you on a spot um, because, God, as you were speaking, God put a lot of stuff in me, but I had to write it down. Because, you know, when you're over 25, you know, you start to forget stuff. But, uh, you know, you know from my sponsors. Yeah, 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 whatever. But um, a few notes from my sponsors. Music instruction for all learners where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 401-370-410-370-7105 to discuss and make an appointment with one of our instructors. And visit us on our website at www.mefileinc.org. Uh, another sponsor is the Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on their Facebook page at Curvy Boss Project and their website at www.curvyboss.com. We will be back in a few minutes again with our fantastic guest, um, Angela Wharton, with you know, with her fantastic book that's out now, Life After the Silence. You deserve my worship. You deserve my praise. 
over that little mm-hmm. break because God gave me a couple of things because you were God has something for you. And this is one thing that God told me when I was listening to this whole story. Um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, this is the international version, for I know thy, the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, as I was listening to your story, it's like, okay, there was, there was a time span. All this began when you were 14 years old. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, that was a story. And then 10 years later, at the age of 24, it happened again. It was the first, you know, assault and the second assault um, in the woods. Um, and you started reading. You said you started reciting, which the spirits do not like, um, reciting the 23rd Psalm. And um, started reciting the 23rd Psalm. And when you said that, that reminded me of a, a little boy who was kidnapped a few years ago. And he started singing every praise. And yeah. if you read that story, he started singing every praise. And that man got so tired of him, he said, you know, you got to go. Because, yeah, you know, he was just reciting what he was taught. And this boy was abducted, but he started singing every praise. And then the Lord said, you know, there's a lot of meanings in the Bibles which we don't pay attention to. So I researched the meaning of the number 10 because you had a 10-year span in between that, the first one and the second one. First one, I'm going to say Satan actually knew something, knew how special you were. And as I said in my book, and Michelle picks, me, picks with me with this, he peeked into your future and knew something was going to happen. But he said, you know, I'm going to block this. So this young lady at 14, teenager, will be so distraught that she will not be able to make it through, you know, to do this that God wants her to have. As I looked up the number 10, it says, in the Bible, the number 10 is used 242 times. The significant, the designation 10th is used 79 times. 10 is also viewed as a complete and perfect number, as is 3, 7, and 12. It is made up of 4, the number of the physical creation, and 6, the number of man. As such, it simplifies testimony, law, responsibility, completeness of order. In Genesis 1, we find the phrase, God said 10 times, which is the testimony of his creative power. God gave the Ten Commandments to man. Ten, therefore, represents man's responsibility to keep the commandments. A tithe is a tenth of our earnings and is a testimony of our faith in the Lord. And this got me. The Passover lamb was selected on the tenth day of the first month in Exodus 12.3. It was Jesus, the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. On the tenth day of the seventh month, the holy day known as the Day of Atonement, a unique, unique day of fasting pictures that removal of Satan, the author of sin, before the millennial reign of Jesus began, Revelations 21 to 2, the last great world ruling kingdom of man under Satan is symbolized pro- pro- prophetically by ten toes of Daniel 2 and the ten horns in Revelation 13 and 17. So it there's a significance of everything that I see that was going on. 
And then you went on and said, well, God was, you were battling God, almost like Jacob. Look, I'm not going to write you. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to tell my story. So many times when we go through, many times when we go through, we're like, Lord, I'm not telling nobody about this because, you know, and that's the devil again. You know, because if that story gets out, if that testimony gets out, because we are living epistles, if that testimony gets out, and what's going to happen is someone is going to be changed. Someone's going to be saved because you said you were saved. You told the man, I was saved. You know, I just got saved. I'm, I, and I'm trying to get my life together. But Satan yeah. didn't want to hear that. All he wanted to do is do what he wanted to do. Yeah, I know you're saved. Now, I'm going to make sure you keep quiet. Yeah. And it's Moses, you know, you at one time you were Moses. You know, you said, look, I'm not telling this story. Not me. Mm-mm. Moses always, you know, came up with an excuse. Well, God, I, I don't talk. Yeah. I don't know how to talk. And God yeah. cut him out. Every time he went back with God, God said, take your, take my servant Aaron with you. And, you know, many times we do the same thing. We try to make excuses. Like, all right, well, maybe if I tell God this, you know, he'll fall for that one. But God knows us. And we yeah. forget about that. And we forget about that. He knows what we're going to say before we're going to say it. But he gets amused and says, well, let me just play with Angela right now and amuse her. You know, so she, then you said you ran for 15 years. And that's that Jonah moment. We all have those Jonah moments. Yeah. Like, we're going to, I'm going to run and hide. I'm going to run and hide, you know. So when we run and hide, where are we going to run to? Because there was a story that was planted into you at the age of 14. That was the first seed. That was the seed that, again, I say that, that was the seed that was planted in you. And 10 years later, you know, the devil was trying not to fertilize, because, you know, sometimes that stuff had to fertilize, had to be, be deep down and keep going. And Satan, like, okay, Satan peaked. He was peaking. He like, okay, if she gets out here and starts telling this story, something's going to happen. And so he's trying everything he can to knock you down, to keep your mouth S-H-U-T shut to the point where you even tried to tell your story to the um, person that tried to ask you, you know, that, you know, when you moved out, he said he didn't know to the point where you vomited because that's, yep. the, that's the point that he was saying, okay, I'm trying to keep you from talking. He tried once. He tried mm-hmm. twice. And now, you know, you now three times, three times the charm is like, you're going to get this out, you know, because it was born, it was birthed into you years ago. So now you're trying to tell someone, and what does Satan do? I'm going to shut her up. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the Job story when, you know, God said, you can do whatever you want, but don't take his life. And sometimes yeah. we go through yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Satan is going to try everything we go to. Uh, you know, but as long as we still living, we can make it through. He said, you can do whatever you want, but do not take his life. This is what I got out of because that's the story, you know, because it's like, you know, and people don't realize that that's sexual, that's the sexual spirit that is all over the world. It's been here since the beginning of man. It's been here since Sodom and Gomorrah. People don't understand yeah. that. I keep it real. It's been here since Sodom and Gomorrah when, you know, the two angels wanted the spirit. You know, when, when the whole, we did an episode on that, when the whole spirit, you know, whole town, which was men, 
all the men, one of those two spirits. That sexual demon and sexual spirit does not care. It will do what it wants to do to bring from the youngest to the oldest down. It wants to stop everybody from growing up, you know, living in fear, you know, young young girls, young boys, young men, young women. It wants to stop all of them from moving on in life. And we look at the physical things that happen, but if we dig deep, these are the spiritual things that are behind everything that's been going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just just wanted to to read um, some because we we touched on some of the statistics uh, earlier. And so I said, well, let me look them up. So I have the the 2015 statistics for sexual violence. And it says one in five women and one in 71 men will be raped at some point in their life. Nearly one in 10 women has been raped by an intimate partner. 91% of the victims of rape and sexual assault are female, 9% are male. And in eight out of 10 cases of rape, the victim knew the person who assaulted them. 81% of men and 35% of men, 81% of women and 35% of men report long term and short term impact, or what's better known as PTSD, from the trauma. One in four girls and one in six boys, which is what you were quoting earlier, Angela, will be sexually abused before they turn 18 years old. And so, I mean, it is. It's it's staggering. And and as you were mentioning, this, this is only what's been reported. And when you were talking about, you know, your the first incident that happened to you, you stated that you never reported that. You never you – say it again. I'm sorry. No, I, I didn't. In fact, um, as, I, as I mentioned, I didn't even tell my mom until mm-hmm. 2012, almost like 26 years later. And the only reason why I told her was because we were uh, at a Phoenix, a Phoenix ministry uh, support group meeting um, this particular night, and we had a therapist there because we have a therapist come to uh, a lot of the meetings. But I forget what the topic was, but something that was mentioned that night triggered me. It triggered my memory because I had suppressed it so deeply for so many years, it was like it didn't exist. So when the therapist said something that triggered me, and this happens for the listeners, there are triggers. If you are a survivor of sexual violence, there are things that will trigger you, that will bring the – the uh, event back to your remembrance, whether it's the sound of footsteps down the hallway, whether it's the, the smell of cigarettes, whether it's the uh, a song that was played, or the smell of, you know, fish frying. It could be anything that will trigger um, your memory of, of the event. So what happened was um, she said something, and I was like, oh, that it happened to me when I was 14 years old. 
So when the meeting was over, I pulled the therapist to the side and I explained to her what happened. And she said to me, you have got to tell your mother. She needs to know. You've been holding on to this for way too long. Telling her will be therapeutic for you. And if you are having this ministry, you have to be 100% transparent. You can't just talk about one episode or one event and not the other. So you have to get healing 14-year-old little girl that was violated. So she had me write my mom a letter. Because oftentimes when you sit down and tell your parents, you know, or your mom or your dad, you know, you're going to end up crying, she's going to end up crying, and you won't be able to get it all out. And the key is to get it all out, get it out of your system, get it off of you. So I wrote my mom a four-page letter. Um, And I told her. I got it all out. And you know, she cried, I cried, and then we went to Chick Fil A, and we good. Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> we're good. Oh. oh, hey, waffle fries will be wonders. Chick Fil A sauce, waffle fries. <laughs> yeah. but, you know that that is really, you know, really, really something, and you know the 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 instances and in, in these. In the statistics, you know, it's saying 60, 63% of, of sexual assaults are, are not even reported to police. Uh-huh. And then 12, only 12% of child sexual abuse is ever reported. 12%. That means 88% of child sexual abuse goes unreported, which is, which is just mind-blowing to me. It's it, it's really mind-blowing. And, you know, one of the things that you were talking about, which I, I think is really a very good thing, is that a lot of, and, and I'm just going to be honest, I'm just going to be honest, it's a lot of us. So we know what I mean when I say us. Yes. <laughs> a lot of us don't believe in therapy. Yes. Don't believe in therapy. And a lot of people who, who have a religious background, they don't believe that they need therapy. They, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they feel like yep. I just need Jesus. I don't need therapy. But one of one of the most amazing things is that when you couple, which your ministry does, mm-hmm. when Amen. you couple yep. the therapeutic, uh, factor in with the spiritual, it 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 really does wonders, and and that is not even just for sexual abuse for for any kind of therapy, um, mar- marital therapy, you know, just just yeah. people dealing with the issues, um, even possibly mental health therapy. But when you when you add in the spiritual with the therapeutic. It's amazing what the what the results can do because you know we know that we are healed, you know by by Jesus stripes. We know that, but it's nothing like having that. Like you you had a a, a spiritual background. You believed in God. You loved God, but it had never been told to you to to go tell your mother because that would free oh. you. Yeah, you know. So just just that something like that, you know, is is amazing. So that really is uh, an awesome call that you have, and that you that God has used you to to combine 
the therapeutic and and the spiritual together. And then also, you know, I saw the, uh, I guess like the the commercial or the or the what do they call them? Public service, the PSAs. Yeah. Um, that you did as well, and just getting the word out there because this is something, and it's really been getting larger and larger as the years have gone by that people are really stepping forward um, with this. And so I, I just thank God for you and and your, the call on your life and your your uh, willingness to make your story and your testimony known and to heed the call that was on your life. It's it's all God. And I just thank and praise him for allowing me to go through it. I know to someone listening, it might sound crazy that I would thank God for allowing me to be raped. But had I not been raped, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes it takes, you know, uh-huh. us to, yeah, it takes us, you know, to have a mess to, so that God can turn that into a message. You know, it kind of sounds cliche-ish, but it's true. God gives us a chance to give us a testimony, you know. And uh, if I could just say something to the parents, this is kind of off track a little bit. But no, it's I want to say something to the parents that are listening. Yeah. Parents. Oftentimes, kids don't tell because we are afraid, excuse me, that we're going to get in trouble. That's why I didn't say anything. I was afraid that I would get in trouble. I thought I did something wrong. It felt wrong to me, but I thought I did something wrong. To you and says, Mommy, Daddy, you know, Mr. So-and-so across the street did this, or, you know, Grandpa So-and-so, because grandparents do molest children too, you know, Grandpa, Grandma did this. Auntie so-and-so, cousin so-and-so did this to me. Please believe your children. Children may not remember each and every detail of what took place, but if they tell you that somebody touched them, believe them and investigate. We are our our children's only advocates. We have to protect them. Mm -hmm. And if if they come to us and they tell us, that this has happened and we dismiss it, you will ruin that child's life forever. Not only the child's yeah. life, but the, your relationship with your mm-hmm. child. And you don't want to do that. So if your child happens to come to you and say that this has happened, please believe them. Even if there's changes in their behavior, if they're wetting the bed, if they, you know, scream and cry because they don't want to go over so-and-so's house, you know, just find out what's going on. Why are these things happening? If they're all of a sudden introverted and not, like, you know, happy-go-lucky, if their demeanor changes to mm-hmm. them, find out what has happened. Because I fell into a deep depression after it happened when I was 14 years old. I spent countless hours in the basement, in my room, where it happened. Wow. Because I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to see anybody. You know, I felt dirty. My self-esteem was was completely in the toilet, basically, at 14 years old. So parents, Mm -hmm. please, please believe your child and investigate. Find out what's going on. You will be glad you did. Amen. We are, can you believe it, Hezekiah? We are like 
out of time, and I feel like we no. barely scratched the surface. Yeah, <laughs> no. I know. Yeah, we it's scratched like, the surface a little so bit. <laughs> we scratched I, the surface I, a little bit, but that's okay. Because we can bring her, we can always bring her back. Because I have no issues with bringing back guests like that. Because it, you know, it keeps things going, and then we can actually, um, before we go, um, give us your contact information for you and Phoenix Ministries. Yes, um, you know, your listeners can reach out to to me on our website, which is phoenixministries.org, and I'll spell that. It's P like Paul H Y. And like Nancy, yxministries.org, or you can reach me on all social media at Angela D. Wharton or Phoenix underscore Ministries. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, we're all over social media. Or if you'd like to send me an email, you can email me at phoenixministries at gmail.com. Awesome. Amen, amen. Any closing remarks, Michelle? No, I, I just feel, and I, I always do. I told him I always say no, and then I start talking. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But anyway, I, I just, I, I personally um, thank you for coming on tonight and for, uh, you know, telling your stories this evening and always. Um, as you have been doing for quite some time now. And uh, I, I just, I can't, we, we definitely like have to have you back on because we we really could have talked about a whole lot more, but mm-hmm. I, I'm just very glad that you were on this evening. Anybody who, um, you know, was touched by this story, who's experienced what Angela has experienced, you know, please reach out because, the healing can't really begin unless you you, you deal with it. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I, I just really thank God for you, and I pray blessings on your life and on your ministry and on everything that you put your hand to. Thank you and so Angela, much. And Angela, I too. Yeah. Angela, I too want to thank you because we have kind of kindred spirits with stories because I didn't want to write my story. Um, but the Lord kicked me in the butt and, you know, made sure I wrote my story out so people, you know, everybody, that's why I love this show that God gave us, real people, real stories, real overcomers, because when you overcome, you'll be yeah. able to help other people. You know, this, the one thing that people don't realize, Satan doesn't want us to overcome. He wants to stay over there, but once we get that overcome part, then we have a story, as you have a story, as I have a story, as all those who have been on the show, we all have a story. Our story will be that light at the end of the tunnel when people think that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. A 14-year-old girl didn't think there was any light at the end of the tunnel. But guess what God said? Jesus said, not so. She is going to make it through. She is going to be there to start something great. And here you are today. I'd like to thank all of you who have been listening um, and, you know, listening and supporting this show. Um, now, Angela, uh, Miss Angela, or should I say Dr. Angela Wharton is now part 
of the man in the mirror family because she has some great things for it in her life because, you know, she is moving. You know, Phoenix Ministries is coming. I love the way she spelled Phoenix, you know, because I'm like, okay, what is this? But <laughs> it's different. It's a play on words. But, um, again, for all those who have been listening, we'll have – and you can get the on-demand. If You know, on-demand will be – in about 30 minutes, you better listen to it again because I listen to every show always at the end or the next morning so I can see how it went. We'll post them. The show and I will be posting them tonight so everyone else will get a chance to hear it. But she will definitely be back on. And with that said, again, Miss Angela, I just thank you and appreciate you letting God use you to come on Man in the Mirror. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Excellent. This is Hezekiah L. Montgomery signing off. And as always, I'll do something different. We'll see you at the mirror. And just remember that, remember this song that the Lord just put on me, you know, to play today um, as I was going, you know, working on some stuff. Is remember that he's bigger or as the young lady sings, you're bigger.
Love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.